You're listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership and peak performance through interviews with some of the greatest team captains and thought leaders in the sports world. Now, here is your host, performance coach, speaker, and author, Ben Smith. Welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. My name is Ben Smith, and I'm excited to bring to you another episode today where we are going to talk about the process and competitive advantage, two topics and subjects that have an immense amount of value uh, within, and I I can't wait to to break down just uh, on the surface level what this is and how it can be useful for you as coaches and team captains to kind of understand and uh, again, be able to use in your team. So we're gonna start uh, with the process and it is defined as a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. So you have two different uh, types of process. You have your business and systems process where you take, uh, you know, businesses will take a product and they will uh, go through a set of steps. Essentially, the product will uh, go through step A, step B, C, D, and then there will be a final product at the end, some sort of end result. And in sports, we've used this term, the process as well, to uh, define you know, what our steps are to reach our, the particular end that we want. And specifically, though, the process is a focus on the present moment with the things that are within your control. Again, the focus on it's a focus on the present moment with the things that you can control. So we could do a quick exercise. Uh, try to think of the last time that you felt stressed or pressure, and then think about once you got that, what exactly it was about this situation that really made you feel this way. And when you do this exercise, you'll realize that. Uh, you know what you're really, what's really making you uh, feel anxiety or stress or pressure is something that is either that's either already happened uh, in the past or something that's in the future, which is outside of your control. Very rarely, when we're totally 100% focused on the present moment, do you ever feel pressure, stress, or anxiety. Uh, to give you an example, if you are a shortstop. And uh, it's, you know, it's, if you're in high school, it's bottom of the seventh, there's bases loaded, uh, and there's a, there's a ball that's hit right to you. And in the middle of that, you know, you're, instead of being focused on the present moment, you start feeling super uh, stress and a, a, a high level of pressure, more so than is what is required for, you know, that situation. And what you're really worried about is you're worried about what would happen if you mess this up. And when you start thinking of that, uh, you start thinking about things in the future. Like if I mess this up, I'm going to let my teammates down. If I mess this up, my, the coach might not uh, not have me starting at shortstop anymore. Or the college scout that's in the stands, he might see this, and I'm not ever going to get uh, any kind of scholarship. And uh, you know, it's these thoughts that are that take us to the future, which are things that are outside of our control, which really bring this uh, this burdensome anxiety, stress, and pressure 
and it, it causes us to not perform as well. Instead of just staying in the present moment and focusing on you know the the technical aspect of what we have to do for this one play, which is you know alligator shuffle uh, and throw. So um, again, the past has already happened. The future is outside of your control. What we want to do when we talk about the process is be where your feet are, because a lot of times. Um, you know, our mind is has 40% in the past, it's 30% in the future, uh, or 40% in the future, and then 20% of, of where our mind is at is actually in the present moment. And that is the only place that you can actually impact anything. Uh, it's the only thing in which you can control. And think how much better you would be if you can, if you're focused and put 100% effort, intentionality, and focus into what you're doing. Um, so what, how this process works, again, it's both the focus on the present moment, but it's also this series of steps that you feel like are going to get you to some sort of an outcome. Um, and so I had a great question posed with, when I was working with the, one of the teams, and they said, well, if we're always focused just on the present moment, at what point in time do we reflect on, on if we messed up or anything, you know, and that just needs to be a part of your process, either, you know, at the end of the day, your journaling time should be, you know, definitely at least one point in, in your day in which you sit back and reflect and think about how well you were in the present moment, you know, what the good things and the bad things were, how you can be more efficient and effective. Um, but that's a part of your process, something that at some point in time, you sat down and created your process. And so one of the best ways to go about creating the process is you start with some sort of a vision casting and or goal setting process. You figure out where it is that you actually want to go. Right, and then from there you create these series of steps um, that differentiate you from other people and are going to provide what you feel like is a competitive advantage um, to again to separate you and to get you to reach this particular goal. And part of that process should have you know journaling and should have mentorship. Um, you know, obviously, if in the sports world you should. Uh, be doing you know weightlifting or exercising or nutrition like all of these things are part of your process, right? Um, and so it starts with some sort of a vision casting, goal setting, and again, once you have that process down, those steps, then once you hit every single one of those steps, when you're in step A, you're 100% focused on step A. Step B, 100% focused on step B. C, D, E, all the same until you get to the end of the day, and. Uh, you know, until you go to sleep, and then you're doing 100% sleep, and you're just recouping for the day. Now I'm going to move into goal setting here because the process, again, is a focus on the present moment. It's the series of steps that you get, and and part of uh, goal setting is there are three main categories of goals. You have outcome, performance, and then you have process goals. And so we're going to kind of touch on those really quickly. But outcome goals are these are kind of like the end result. Uh, that you want to reach. When we start at the very beginning and we write down exactly what it is that we want to, to get to, what's the vision, what's the end result, those are the outcome goals. So a lot of times I'll give you a couple of examples of some of the outcome goals that I see written down are, um, you know, if you're in high school, you want to be all state, you want to be MVP of your team, you want to win a state championship, uh, maybe you want to be the, the team captain. Uh, those are just some examples there. And what the issue is with those is that they are actually outside of your control. They're outside of your direct control. Now, you can influence them, and that's what we're trying to do is influence 
and put ourselves in the best position to have a strong influence on getting this outcome that we want. But at the end of the day, it's outside of our direct control. You know, in terms of winning a state championship, you cannot control if four of your the best players on your team get injured. Like with what happened my senior year when we had the number one team in the state, we had three or four, uh, actually five of our very best players, Division One pitchers, actually get injured. Um, and that's not something that I could you know, directly control. Now, we can influence that throughout the year to make sure we're, we're making smart decisions and the things that we're doing outside of the field and obviously you know, continuing to you know, exercise, lift weights, do have the right nutrition. Um, that's all ways in which we can influence it, but we can't directly control it. Um, same thing with if you want to be all state. You can't directly control if somebody, uh, if, if one of the coaches chooses you or not to be in the All-State. The only thing you can do is influence it by having a great you know, batting average or statistics. Uh, if you're football, how many yards you have per game. You know, those types of things can influence the, you know, what they end up saying. But at the end of the day, you can't directly control them. Referees aren't something you can directly control. Um, so these are all things, again, Outcome goals are outside of your control, but they're important to go through, I feel like, because it, it puts us all and it gets us all in the right direction. It tells us where we want to go. It's almost like this vision casting, which is important. And then moving over to, we won't talk about performance goals, but we will talk about process goals. And these are, you know, these are your steps. These are the things that are within your control. So some examples of these would be, uh, you know, you're going to, Eat healthy. You're going to, or even more specific, because you kind of these kind of need to be smart. S M A R T, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. Um, let's. Uh, you want to work out four times a week for one hour, following some sort of plan. You are going to stay after practice for 30 minutes and hit at least, um, you know, 50 uh, balls in the cage. Or you're going to. Um, you know, throughout practice, uh, have a have a heart rate of uh, during conditioning of X Y Z uh, during conditioning to make sure that you're really putting forth effort, which is a good measuring tool. Um, those are all probably pretty poor examples, but they're very specific and they're things that you can control. You can control the amount of effort you put in during conditioning. You can control how many times you go to the weight room and work out for an hour. Uh, you can control if you stay after practice to uh, work and put in a little bit more work. Those are all things that you can control. They're very specific, and, you know, achievable things. So that's just, um, you know, I just wanted to do an introduction on what the process is. There's so much more that comes with that, and I'm excited to get to break that down even further in the future. But we're going to move over into what competitive advantage is and how this relates to the process. Um, so competitive advantage is it is this condition or circumstance that puts uh, uh, somebody, uh, uh, either an organization or an individual, in a favorable strategic position. Uh, one of the things when I talk to teams about this, I give a couple examples of what's currently happening and what's 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 happened in the past that are great examples of how. Uh, an organization, a leader, a team, or some, an individual, uh, what you know, how they change the game 
and how it put them in a position for years to come that really separated and differentiated themselves. So one of the first examples I give is in 1969, Nebraska, uh, there were no, there were no, um, no, there was nothing, nothing in strength and conditioning that was being done. You know, exercise science wasn't really a thing. No teams actually uh, had you know, strength and conditioning coaches. There were no real resources or massive facilities that anybody had. And what one coach said at the at, for Nebraska football, the Nebraska football coach said, you know, it would make sense if we have a systemized approach to make our athletes stronger than everybody else that we play against. And it makes total sense to us now, but back then it was not something that was being done. And within uh, what he did, he's, he implemented uh, basically the first strength and conditioning program in America at the college level. And they ended up winning the next three, uh, out of the next three years, they won the next two national championships and completely put themselves in a position for the next 15, 20 years to be a dominant uh, powerhouse in college football. Uh, you know, Florida State, uh, Alabama, you know, there a lot of these coaches are looking to uh, looking for advantages. They have they started doing uh, data collection for their strength conditioning programs and outside to uh, help them make better decisions. Uh, nutrition, sports medicine. Uh, the, everybody knows the story of Moneyball, which is in the Major League Baseball. They try to figure out what it is that they could do. To, that was different and differentiated them that would give them a competitive advantage. And it was something that nobody else was doing or dared to do at the time. And because of that, they totally changed uh, you know, the way that they were able to play and the way, the way they able, were able to put together a team that put them what they feel like was in the best, gave them the best advantage to win. And they were successful with that. Um, so competitive advantage is something you always want to be looking for. And one thing I'd like to say about this is that competitive advantage has a very small window before it becomes a requirement. So when we look at strength and conditioning, at one point in time, nobody was doing it. And then the, the teams that uh, you know, kind of got into it at the very beginning had this massive payoff for you know, so many years. And, uh, but at this point in time, uh, it's a requirement to have strength and conditioning because we know it's helpful to be stronger, uh, faster. You know, just you know, our physical being uh, uh, having uh, you know a, a level of, of peaker and higher performance is something that's going to give us an advantage. But uh, everybody is doing it. There's not a single college that doesn't have a strength and conditioning program and coach and uh, resources and facilities. So at this point in time, it's not necessarily an advantage to have. It's a requirement. And if you don't do it, then you're just going to be uh, suffocating yourself, and uh, and everybody else is going to get be getting better with you. And that's the same way with you know with nutrition, and same way with data you know data collection. And um, so again, just remember that there's a small window before an advantage becomes a requirement. And there's three major ways in terms of uh, gaining an advantage in your process, um, and that is that you can either put in more time and effort, you can be innovative, or you can be more efficient or uh, slash productive with the time that you have. Those are the three main categories and ways in which, uh, in terms of your process, you can gain an advantage. And again, what I want to touch on here is that we know that 
there's chance plays a major role in outcome. There's a lot of things that happen within the game that are outside of our control, and anybody can win any given Sunday. Uh, you know, if you have two teams that are pretty equal, and they're doing the same, they have the same process. Uh, essentially, what you're doing is it's just you know it's a 50-50 coin flip. You know, they kind of have the same strategy. They're playing the game that the way it's always been played before. Uh, the you know the process. Everybody's steps to reach this end result are kind of the same. The talent, discipline, skill sets are all somewhat equal. Basically, it's going to be a 50-50 coin flip. If you win, if you play 10 games, you play 10 times, one team will uh, win five, uh, and it's just going to be again, it's going to be a coin flip. And so, what we when we look at it that way, what we want to do, uh, you know, putting ourselves and I've talked about it before, but putting ourselves in a higher percentage. And higher probability, a better position, is what our goal is uh, as coaches and team captains. Uh, we want to put ourselves, ourselves as individuals, and ourselves as team again, in a, a better position to win. And one way, if we don't differentiate ourselves, then we're not going to be able to do that. We're letting chance dictate our outcomes. We're letting chance play a higher role in the in the end state of the game. And the end result of the game. And our, from a strategical perspective, what we want to do is raise and do whatever we can to give ourselves a put ourselves in a higher probability to win. Okay. So here's one of the things that I'd like to present today, and this is something that I've kind of come up with, and it's called it's called process warring. Um, you know, everybody has some sort of a process, some series of steps that's getting them to an end result. And uh, and at an individual level, you know, we'll just start there. If you are, you know, trying to be the best at your position, uh, you are going to be competing against uh, other people that are trying to vie for this um, you know, this position as well. And so, if you don't differentiate the steps that you're taking or your process you're not gaining a competitive advantage. And if you can gain uh, an advantage over, you know, if your process is either you're putting more time and effort in, you're being innovative with your process, or you are being more productive in the time, if you're not doing any of those, you're doing the same thing as everybody else, you're going to get the same results. Or you're going to allow chance to play a bigger role in the outcome, which is not something you want to do. Our goal on a strategical basis is to decrease the amount of chance that occurs and goes into our result. And so, for example, your opponent, uh, you know, we know that, you know, if you're on a football team, you know, everybody practices two hours a day. Everybody does two a days. Everybody is in the weight room and they're working out. Uh, they're eating right. You know, some of the better ones are, are staying after 20, 30 minutes to do extra hills or to catch a couple extra passes from, uh, from the quarterback. You know, they, they're doing their homework. Uh, they're, so they have all of these things are, are, are part of their process. So the question is, uh, what are you doing differently? And what you need to do is go through this process where, where you literally write out what it is that your opponents are, are, are doing. Whether you know what it is or not, you can probably guess uh, based off of what you read or just what you know or what you hear, um, you know, what it is that they're actually doing. And then what you need to do is write down what your process is and you need to compare. You need to kind of 
go to war uh, you know, strategically on what it is that you're doing differently and, and pinpoint exactly what you're going to be doing to separate yourself. What part of your process is different, um, is more innovative, more productive, uh, or if you're just going to you know, mirror them and just put in more time and effort than they are. You know, all three of those are ways in which you can gain a competitive advantage in the process. So at the end of the day, you know, this is one of my favorite quotes that I've kind of, I don't know if it's out there or not, it's something that I kind of came up with and really believe, and that's that winning is a choice. Every time that I go to uh, talk with, you know, athletes, I always ask, who here wants to win? And everybody always raises their hand because wanting to win is not enough. Everybody wants to win. What's different is, is what your will to win is. Uh, winning is not a sometime thing. It is an all-time thing. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. And literally, that is just, it's a, it's a choice to be disciplined, to, to, to go through these strategical concepts, to, to get outside your comfort zone, to be courageous, to uh, to be listening to things like this podcast and others that are out there to improve yourself. It's a choice to you know stay after uh, every practice. It's a choice to lead. You know all of these things are little bricks that you're putting down. All these choices that you're making are bricks that are ultimately going to lead to differentiating you from other people. And it's just a matter of what bricks you're laying down, the amount of bricks, the uniqueness of the bricks that you lay down. Um, and so this is, you know, the, this is something that I truly believe, something that I'll, you know, I'll get into a debate with, but I think it's important that, uh, that having this type of mentality, realizing how good it is to have, uh, to not be passive, but to be intentional and realize that there is weight in the decisions that you make and in your choices. Um, you know, so again, just to kind of conclude here, I think the big three things are that, you know, winning is about positioning and we choose to put ourselves in, in better positions. We choose to put ourselves in better position and therefore winning is a choice. And, you know, who we are is directly correlated to the, the, the results that we get. So, um, that's not, that doesn't mean to say, and I know the, how that sounds, you know, if you lose, you're not a failure, you're not a loser. But we know that character drives this process, which drives the results. And so everything is, is about who you are. You know, so some of the character skills are, you know, hardworking, dedicate, dedication, uh, discipline, just those three in general are, that's a part of who you are. It's, a, it's part of your character. And if you are strong in those, if you have strong character skills like those three, those are what is going to drive you getting up at 6 a.m. when nobody else wants to and getting your lift in. You know, that's going to be the driving force behind if you stay after and take an extra 50 cuts in the cage or you're going to go out and, and catch another, you know, 20 punts uh, after practice. Those are the things that drive the process and the process, the things that are within our control, the things that we put 100% effort in, those are the things which drive the results that you get. Um, so I hope that you got something away from this. This was level one stuff, you know, and I really like, you know, the concept of the process is something that has really become a buzzword in sports, um, which I do like, I do believe in. I, I like the idea of competitive advantage and delving into process wars and 
figuring out on, on pen and paper where you're separating yourself uh, from. So again, I hope that you got a lot out of this. This was level one. I'm excited to talk about all of these three things, the process competitive advantage and especially process warring more in the future. So best of luck and remember, stay focused on the present moment and do it and, and focus on the things that are within your control. And if you do that consistently, you are going to uh, you know, separate yourself and differentiate yourself from your, uh, your opponents. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Ben Smith. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.